0: All right, so we are recording just to catch any banter that might be useful of some sort, including my expectation that this is the uh, second greatest Metacast episode ever because there will be 66% Josh's and only 33% Bob. The only one that was better was when it was 100% Josh and 0% Bob. There is one. There's one that exists out there, and it was magical. Okay. Welcome to the Metacast. We are here with our Bob. How many guests is this? Is this number three? Number four? I'm getting old.
1: Um, in the new in the new version, yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. two. Oh my gosh, I don't know, two or three. I this I, I think
0: listeners, I, viewers, I, we apologize. We are clearly old, and so nothing. So it's, nothing we so it's no it. less
1: than two, and it's no more than three. So in that range,
0: <laughs> we'll go with that. Okay. So today, today's guest, we we have Josh. Josh, give us a little bit about yourself and what we're gonna focus on for the next 15, 20 minutes.
2: Sure, so uh, I'm Josh. I uh, started with an engineering background, shifted over into coaching and yeah, just to kind of keep it as brief as possible, there it is.
0: Okay, we're gonna talk about labels. If I remember the label for the yeah. episode was labels. So <laughs> labels, let's labels lean it. into what that means because you know we could each label <clears throat> the same thing you know, differently. So let's label the label <laughs> discussion. <laughs>
2: fair enough um so i think there are there are a lot of labels in general um and uh one of the things that we talked about earlier was the fact that there are two joshs on this podcast right now so like if bob mentions hey josh Which one is it? Um, We didn't actually resolve that problem, by the way. Um, And then uh, the other part was, is that when Josh, the other one, got on, he called Bob Robert. And I was like, is it Bob or Robert? Which one do we use? Right. So that's sort of the the global scope of things. Um, But then to try to like narrow it down. Thanks, Bob. um, Getting into the Agile space. If I say Agile, what does that actually mean? Right. Like I'm taking it on faith that everybody is unpacking that the same way and everybody's got the same baggage and you know, rewards and medals of what that means to them. So
1: yeah.
0: Man, I never got a medal, Bob. Did you ever get a medal? (laughs) Yes. uh, We We call them
1: certifications. I I was in the army. I got a I got a series of like entry levels. I'm not that proud of them. Like I could shoot and hit a target. So I got a target hitting medal. (laughs) So but but Josh, I, I think terminology and uh, labels and mm-hmm. and clarity around that I think that's really important. Like agile, I mean, you brought up or Scrum. Even right. is it Scrum? Is it Scrum Guide Scrum? Or so many companies have variants of that. Uh, right. And and if I'm in a room, if I'm talking to like a team, a Scrum team, so now I have variants amongst all of those folks. How yeah. is there is there an answer for that? I mean, how do you navigate that?
2: um so i don't i don't know if there is an answer to that um but usually it's the the individuals and interactions piece that uh, seems to be the more problem area right because we use or tend to use these labels to try to expedite communication right we don't want to spend a lot of time talking and meandering and josh is looking at me i'm sure but like we don't want to spend all that time so we're like no let's hop in a 30 minute meeting we totally know what user stories are we totally know what scrum is we totally know what story points are how they fit into the universe etc cetera, etc cetera. and then but this meeting needs to end in 30 minutes period end of list if anybody has any questions go get a dictionary and it's like well okay <laughs>
0: thanks yeah this is something that's driven me crazy you know i've not literally but I've added up the amount of time I've spent in my career trying to understand what what the word team meant like who are we mm. actually talking about or which team that I'm a part of so I very early leaned into the Spotify realm and mostly because of the nomenclature yes they do a lot of other stuff but they were crystal clear on squads and guilds and chapters and tribes. And it was crystal clear what was meant. So I really love that clarity because we knew right away what we were talking about and who we were gonna focus on. And all of those things gained that clarity again to reduce that churn that happens where you might not even know it happens. You might not even know we're talking about two 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 different things. And that's where that waste really hits. And so again, I just lament the like person days that have been lost in my career both for myself and members of my team just trying to figure out what the label team means so this is something to me i think it's a really exciting topic because it's something that doesn't get talked about a lot but it does create a ton of waste so how how can we help our viewers and listeners tomorrow or later this afternoon make a difference with how they are working with the people that they are. I don't want to use any labels about the people that they're working with. I started to say team and I stopped myself. Uh, So I think that really shines a light on the problem we're trying to tackle here.
1: Yeah. Don't you just think, I mean, isn't isn't it as simple as just Claire? And I know it probably isn't, but I'm, I think it's as simple as like as a coach, I don't go in and assume. So I usually establish a baseline. So if I'm talking about Scrum or user stories, like Josh was saying, I don't just say user stories and then dive into writing them. I try to establish a baseline as a coach. This is what a, this is this is what a user story is, at least to me. Is what is it to you? Uh, mm-hmm. And I have this conversation. I have a client right now in California that is oscillating with agile and things like that. And I'm doing some coaching remotely, and when I enter anything, I find that I'm establishing alignment. Uh, user stories backlog refinement was something that we established you know alignment retrospectives that they' and i've attended retrospectives and I'm like wow that's not that's <laughs> that's not what i thought a retrospective was I don't say anything in it i but uh, you know we talk about it later but i think part of it is I, i've spent a lot of time with them trying to establish what i think it is and then get their reaction so we can establish a baseline uh is that yeah. part of what not solves it, but sort of gets it better. I I think I think that hits
2: it really on the head as far as the the tactical aspect of it. I think the emotional people aspect of it is for people to one slow down and actually enter into that with integrity, right? Um, because a lot of times we're not actually listening or hearing. We're thinking that we're just having a semantic argument. And yeah. it's like, no, but this is important, right? It goes back to, um, I didn't lean into Spotify as much as I leaned into Scrum when I first started. So that's why definition of done exists, right? Um, and then we get into conversations of the product owner. Are they a member of the team? Going back to Josh's earlier point, right? Like, yep. yes. <laughs> and it's explicitly stated, right? Like all of these things, we try to overcome that by having these conversations up front. But, you know, I've also met a lot of folks who haven't read or haven't been exposed to the same things that I'm basing my perception on. Yep. And so then we've got to go into that conversation, but we're not willing to like spend that time because we all got stuff to do <laughs> that we'd rather be
1: doing. Right. I, I sort of force folks to spend it. I mean, again, I'm coming at it from an outside perspective, so I don't know. So maybe I have the luxury or the privilege to say, whoa, let's reestablish." definitions or something like that um, and so i have i have some time i can i can pause people uh and they'll at least honor that the other thing i think josh is the observational part so someone can say it's like i'll use my client this client as an example we're we're talking about what a retrospective is we're talking about retrospectives and we may have alignment but then you know that's just flapping our gums then there's right. what are they doing and the opposite i'm like hmm now i that we 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 are further apart than we thought so we have terminology and then we try to align then we have behavioral alignment ah now i know so we need to talk about that a little more so is it the observational part is important as well do you think um
2: yeah and i think that you know looking at it you know once once you can get sort of alignment or belief that you are aligned on that uh On that notion, on the definition, right? Turning it into something actionable and asking the question of, like, okay, now how do we do the retrospective, for example? right? A lot of people default to the, you know, what went well, what didn't go well, what can we do to improve? Um, But is that actually the way we want to do it? And then you end up back in that same kind of loop of like, can we stop talking and just start doing? And it's like, okay, do I stay in my coaching stance of like trying to be facilitator and letting folks pick their own adventure? Or do I just switch to like, okay, here we go. We're going to do this then. Okay, let's do it. Right. Um, and what does that look like? So,
0: yeah, Bob, that's where I've been spending a lot of time is coaching coaches on how to juggle that. and it goes back to one of the old things that we've talked about probably a dozen times is Shuhari and really understanding where that team is. And there's a time probably more time than you think. Where You need to come in and say, these are the words that we're using, this is what it means, and we're off and running. Because too often, in the agile self-directed world, we enable self-direction before the capability to really excel with it is there. So more often than not, you're gonna need to get out in front of the labels and like drop them in and say, hey, this is what they are and we're off and running. I know that's a lesson that I've learned a lot over the past half decade or so is just getting more prescriptive. And that's probably because I've had this co-host of mine that is always like, we need to be prescriptive. Uh, And so I finally I finally listened, At you know, after hearing it 50,000 times, I'm like, you know, I've got this idea, I don't know where it came from, but I should be more prescriptive.
2: Nice. Yeah. And so, I remember that, um, Yeah.
1: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Oh no. I was just, uh, it might be a ramble. We don't know, but, uh, no, it reminded me of, um, a team that I went on talking about labels. And, uh, one of the other things for me is, uh, informed consent, right? So are people consenting into this prescriptive way of things? And one of the teams that I, I was coaching, um i went in and basically asked them like okay do you want laid-back hippie professor or war-torn drill instructor like where do you want me to be and they actually did choose war-torn drill instructor but that meant that they were coming into that professional coaching relationship with consent and then i basically described what each of those meant and the tactical things that would be different between those two and it helped them make that decision and that choice. And in the end it did work out. So like, you know, it was, it was an interesting experiment.
1: I mean, it was, you, you made me think about a a recent conversation I had Josh uh, with a coach. Um, I I forget what the context was maybe in a, a lean coffee or something. But a lot of times when you when you're leaning into coaching, you know or coaching stance or professional coaching stance, you're honoring the client, et cetera, uh, you're not pushing, you're not prescribing. Uh, and then you're establishing their agenda. There's this notion of establishing their agenda. But usually as a coach, I always have an external agenda. So, so it's, there's not just the client agenda. like there's the person paying me. Agenda, or if you're an internal coach, you you have a job, you have a role, you have a job to do. So there's this tension, and I just I'm throwing this on the table to see how you both react. But there, it's not professional coaching stance in agile context. You can't just stay there, I think, or stay there and maintain your job. You you have to you have to navigate the tension between establishing the coaching agenda right, Pre- prescription or not prescription with whoever the team that you're, but then what are the expectations of the leader who's paying your paycheck? Uh, or And they have an agenda. And so now I'm, I'm navigating the tension between those two agendas. And that's that's really hard. And some coaches lean so hard into professional coaching, they're like, I'm going to ignore the external agenda. And I'm curious, I, I don't know if that's the right strategy. There's there, I think there's a balance there to be struck. Any reactions from both of you to that?
2: Josh, do you
1: want to go first? I, I'm trying to figure out how that ties to labels. It probably doesn't. So you can so it, so so if I took us off track, Josh, you can say shut up, Bob. I that's was trying. Like I,
0: like, I re, like really, that's what that's what was happening in my brain is like. That's okay.
1: It okay. does that? It doesn't,
0: where do it, the labels fall in? <laughs>
2: let, let me try though. Let me try, and then Josh, you can tell me to shut up. It's fine. It's fine. Um, So I'm gonna use a lot of labels in this, so bear with me. But like uh, to Bob's point, right? Like you have, there's, there's the client agenda and what we're trying to do together. And then there's the client, client agenda, if you will, or the leadership agenda. And basically it's like when I put on my product owner hat, there are multiple stakeholders that I need to be able to reconcile, but if I don't know what a product owner is or what their role is, right? If I don't have that definition for that label, I don't know about that hat. Um, does that help? Does that jive with what you're saying, Bob, or am I off base here?
1: I think, I think I like the notion of a hat or the metaphor of a hat where I have, yeah. you know, I'm flipping, I have two, so let's say I have two tension points. I have hat a and hat B coach hat and coach agenda hat and uh sponsor agenda hat um uh, mm-hmm. and and switching in between those there's probably a personal hat in there as well as me as coach how do I send her right yeah and, well, and, even, and, and how do I navigate that go ahead
2: well and even going back to like the x-wing model from ACI and the circle that we've talked about right like being in that coaching stance or facilitator stance is just all about questions and trying to pull out whatever you can. Whereas getting into that mentor stance, it's more like, all right, here, this is what we're going to do. Right. So, but they're different labels, but they mean different things. And so, you know, I don't know to your point, right? At least I think the point you were making is like, if we always go in as facilitator, I'm not part of the content. I'm not here to tell you what to do, et cetera, et cetera. Right we're doing a disservice to the team and possibly the client who's paying us. Whereas if I'm always in that mentor stance, we get sort of that same vibe happening where it's like, how do we create a self-managing, self-organizing team or help them get there if we're always the ones telling them what to do?
1: Right. Well, and I think even with labels is dealing with, as you were talking and and Josh is going to kill me because we're all we're, I'm, I I can tell that I'm driving us way off track, but there's this it, there's natural ambiguity. Like we have to be able to handle. It, there's going to be not everything's going to be clear. Hmm. So so, you know I'm like I want clarity. I want to know I'm a I'm an ostrich or whatever it is. There's product owner and there's scrum master and the ostrich is in the middle. Well, no. It's, it's those things, but I need to handle this ambiguity of, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not one thing or the other as a coach. I'm fluid. I'm said, so the other thing or another thing is sensing and responding. I'm sensing mm-hmm. and responding mm-hmm. to, to where I need to be, not only for the team, but also for myself, my ethics, and then also for my sponsor. So there's a lot of strangulation or sensing and responding. Uh, and I don't know if every, if everything's going to be clear all the time. I mean, if I lean into the label one, it's clear. But then I have to stay in the middle. Josh, yeah. bring us back. I, 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 and I will shut up.
0: No, number one, no, you won't. Uh, so let's not <laughs> let's not fool ourselves. Let's not uh, make promises we, we can't keep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. The, the, the biggest label that I've, well, I can't say past tense, that I am working to shed is agile because it just creates so much angst across the industry, especially when I'm talking to leaders of some flavor. So I am actively working to remove those standard issue labels that we all have used for decades when talking to almost everybody, including engineers and members that are on the teams and the squads or whatever label you want to use, because as we're talking about, there's so many different definitions behind all of those labels and trying to get to, you know, I think about the, the, the outcome or some, there's some better word than, than outcome, but like, what's the, what's the value that's there because you launch into like agile and some of the ceremonies and stand ups, and it's just like, you just lose control real quick and I'm actively trying to like chop that out of the vocabulary that I use and it's hard.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and I think like, going back to or tagging on to that, right? Um, You know, that's, that's about the baggage around that label. And, you know, there are two options, generally speaking, when we go start going down that path. One is the attempt to reclaim the label right? And the sanctity of that label, right? Like we're having it right now too, with management versus leadership, everybody is about leadership isn't management, they're not the same thing, even if you have a manager, somebody with that title, who leads right? Um, we're trying to make a differentiation between those two things. And I think we're feeling that in the agile community and agile space right now as well, where it's like, are we actually wanting to try to reclaim that label or shed it for something else? And if we're shedding it for something else, what is it?
1: We're giving you space, Bob. I'm trying to give you space.
0: Okay, <laughs> sorry. I am so that's such a foreign concept. I, don't I know. I don't. And understand. I'm hoping and
1: praying you step into that space okay. because I I can only hold it for 3.8 seconds.
0: <laughs> I will I will kick that door open. uh And it's 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 interesting because Bob and I both as external coaches get called in when something's seriously wrong, and we're trying to get to understanding what the actual issue is. And then you have to quickly sort through all of the labels, the labels that the client or customer is using the teams yourself, and then get to that common nomenclature. That's the only thing I took from organic chemistry in high school was the word nomenclature, anything else, forget it. Uh, but that, but getting real clarity on this is what this means and it is hard work and I think that's why so many places or so many coaches or leaders, whatever the right label is, speaking of labels, it doesn't get done well. And so that just spirals Mm -hmm. out of control because it is really hard to wrangle all of these experiences into one unified, this is us. This is who we are. This is how we're going to talk going forward and just remove all that waste.
1: Yeah. And it also makes it very difficult. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, Go go ahead. Go ahead, ahead, Bob no, you, you're, you're the, the guest cave behind.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, you know, it also made me, uh, Josh just made me think of like job descriptions. Cause like if somebody's looking for somebody to come in and solve or help solve those problems, how do they even find that person? Right. Is it a natural coach? Is it a professional coach? Right. What designations am I looking for? Right. What are those extra labels? So yeah, it, it just hit me kind of, kind of good. So yeah.
1: I just wrote down like labels and then clarity and alignment. So I don't know how this relates directly. I mean, it relates to the discussion, but I, I think there's this not so much to real, to get alignment, to gain clarity. Let's talk about management and leadership. One of the things I I've done in organizations is go in and, you know, have a group that defines what management means for, for them and have another group on another side of the room that defines what leadership is. And then we, and because I don't know what it is. There's leader and there's manager. So what does it mean in that context? Uh, and even within those groups, there's not alignment as to what it means. Uh, but then there's this overlap. What we inevitably have is there's, there's management activities. There's, le- there's clear management activities in that context that they come up with. They agree. There's clear leadership activities But then there's gray area in between those, right? So if I'm a manager, I I need to lean into leadership. If I'm a leader, I need to lean into management activities. So there's sort of crossover stuff. Uh, Once we define that, it's sort of, and there's a lot of, not harsh debate, but there's the clarity, the, the transparency of it, the clarity of it, and then trying to work to alignment. Can we get an alignment view of what that is? that establishes a baseline for them often. So so having them self-clarify, you know, mm-hmm. right, like the labeling for themselves in that context, I, I don't think that would ever travel to another organization. In fact, in a company, in large companies, I don't think it travels to another division or something <laughs> like that. It's, it's really unique to them. But it does help them add a layer, a flavor for behavior and expectations and communications and things like that. Yeah. And I think there's also the concept of,
2: um, an internal definition or internal reference versus, yeah. and how does that compare to a more global or universal reference? Right. Yeah. Um, and which one are we going to use, you know, are we going going to use the dictionary definition or not? If not, are we going to deviate so far that, we're going to give people labels that help them where they are. But if they decide to go somewhere else, that label isn't
1: what other people call that thing. Ex- you know? ex- exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I, I, I had a real issue with that at, at the dude a long time ago because everybody was an engineer and it was, you know, engineer one through four. And we had it clearly defined labels were nice and crisp but they didn't necessarily map out into the real world. So that was something that came up and we had to honor the engineers that they weren't gonna be there forever. So how do they map engineer three at Dude Solutions in 2010 or whatever the date was? Is that a a senior engineer or uh, a whatever engineer? All these different labels that are out there. So I ended up saying, hey, whatever label you think you need to use for the external world, use it just don't just don't make yourself look silly and say you're an architect when you really weren't like be honest with yourselves but if if you're out there and you want to put senior engineer blah 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 that's fine because i understand that you have to represent yourself to the outside world but inside of our team we have one two three and four and it's clear with with what that is because i I found it impossible to try and map everything to all of the different variances that were out there. So it was just like, this is who we are. We recognize the outside world is messy and different. So we're just going to whatever makes sense as you choose to take that next step, use whatever works for you and the job you're trying to get.
2: Yeah, and I think it's um, you know stuff like that can also lead to almost existential crisis, right? Like if you if you have tied yourself to a label and this is my profession and you believe that you're you're fitting into that label, and then somebody comes along, like a, the one of the first consulting companies that I worked for, um, they went to a flat organization, and basically if you didn't have people who reported to you, you were labeled as an individual contributor, and there were people on that phone call that went up in arms and we had to have that same conversation um or well we the company i was an individual contributor as well so like but people on the phone were like i am not an individual contributor i am a business analyst or a product owner or a whatever and they had that same conversation where it's like if in the outside world you just look at your list of responsibilities, right? I feel like I'm going to the scrum guide and how the product owner is no longer a role. It's a res- list of responsibilities, right? That happens to have a label to compress it all. And like, but yeah, we had that same conversation and it was, it was intense because yeah, existential crisis.
0: Okay. So to wrap it up, uh, hmm. words matter. Hmm. Uh, labels are important, both internally And externally for members of your team because you know they're not gonna it's very unlikely that they're gonna be with you for the rest of their lives so you have to honor and enable them to be successful beyond your team your squad your whatever you want to call it whatever you want to label it i probably shouldn't say whatever you want to call it this is the label episode uh, but it is one of those things, and the reason why it's a mess so many places is because it's hard. Like, we've we've mm-hmm. talked for 33 minutes about this, and we could probably talk about it for longer. And I know we're going to try and compress this down to, in, into 20 minutes. But there's so much that goes into just the effort of making it a reality. So don't skimp out on just letting things be a mess, on letting things be labeled five different ways. If that's happening within your organization, slam on the brakes, like with both feet. My father-in-law would do that. He would actually use both feet and like jam the brake. I thought the brakes were going to explode. But do that with your company. Stop everything and get those labels right, and then start moving in whatever direction you have to go. Any other closing thoughts on labels? Anything?
1: I mean, for me, something um, Josh inspired is... uh, I'm doing Badass Agile Coaching Days now. And uh, there was uh, two folks that talked about rolelessness, uh, lack of getting rid of roles. Uh, Rob and Cherry from uh, Teal Unicorn. They're from New Zealand. And uh, they're, they're focusing on skills. What, Much like the Scrum Guide is try, is trying to do from a product owner. So I think another thought for folks to leave with is labels aren't always helpful. So maybe also entertain the idea of can I delete it? Or can I get rid of it uh, because it's not serving me well? So one example of that is, you know, scrum master or job roles, right? Job labels uh, would would be one area of that. And then these these overarching areas, like you mentioned, Josh, of agile, right? Don't be afraid to if it's not serving us well. You know, we can we can align it, we can clarify it, we can drill into it, or we could just, we could just eliminate <laughs> it. So I think there's that, that sort of a notion as well.
2: Yeah. And maybe it's, you know, we'll figure out what to call it later, but right now we got stuff
1: to do, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Josh, Joshua Anderson has that, can we stick a fork in it?
0: Robert, I think we can. I think we can stick a fork in it. So that means it's time for, you know what? So, <laughs> From beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina. And from beautiful downtown Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. You're up, Josh. From chilly Louisville, Kentucky. Hmm.
2: I'm,
1: I'm Bob Gillen. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Josh Bruce. Shake and bake.